0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Please be seated. Ordination is a wonderful and beautiful sacrament, and it is rare. We don't have them nearly often enough. I grew up in the Episcopal Church here in Las Vegas, and we never had an ordination at my home parish uh, the 20 or so years that I was there. And uh, it's uh, unfortunate, but a reality in a place like Las Vegas that's so transient uh, that most of the clergy that we have are ordained someplace else, and then they come to us. Uh, If there was ever a place where uh, you were coming to minister among wolves, I think Las Vegas is it. Sometimes people here like to pretend that we're uh, like any other town, and we're not. It's a very, very transient place. I'll just indicate that by asking everybody who was born here to raise their hands. Here I am. If my mother was here, we'd have two. And so uh, it is a difficult place to minister because people are going to come and they're going to go. And it's, uh, it's a very difficult thing to see uh, your people leave. And it's a, a heartbreaking uh, time for ministry uh, that you have to be prepared for. You can't think that people are going to come and stay for forever because that's not uh, the place that we live. Uh, they're going to go. And uh, there's not going to be enough of us to do this work. You and I have talked about this before. Uh, there are 20 Anglican churches won't be enough for this valley. Maybe 50 or 100 won't be enough. We need uh many many more. And I know that this prayer that Jesus uh tells the um the 72 to pray is true for two reasons. Number 1 because Jesus said it, and number 2 because I've prayed it and here you are. It took 11 years, but here you are. So we're in God's time. Right? We're waiting upon him. And uh, It's a difficult job to do. And maybe that's part of the reason why there's so few to do it. Um, I don't know if it's too late to cut out and to say, no, thank you. Jesus said right before this passage in verse, in chapter nine, he said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Your hand isn't quite on the plow yet, Paul. It's close, it's close. I wouldn't blame you for walking out because uh, it's a difficult job uh, to do. And so uh, the Lord appoints the 72, and this is after he's appointed the 12, and they've gone out and done their ministry. And it's after the transfiguration and after the healing uh, that he sends them out and he tells them that they're going uh, to lambs. And in this passage, of course, you remember that he's told them not to bring anything with them. And then after his resurrection, he says, this time I tell you, take everything. And that's exactly what you did. You all packed up your stuff. And you moved out here and you brought everything with you. You've committed uh, to this place and to these people. And uh, it's a wonderful thing that you've done in committing to them. And um, I encourage you to commit yourself to them every day. Uh, The Lord says, don't go from place to place. And unfortunately, we've got clergy uh, and parishioners who like to go from place to place hoping that they're going to find the right priest or the right people. So I can just break it to you now. They're not the right ones. They're not going to be exactly what you want them to be. They're going to disappoint you. And Paul's going to disappoint you all. And that's why we have to uh, start with the place uh, that Isaiah starts with, which is to say, I am a man of unclean lips, right? Your people are going to be just as stubborn as you are. Congratulations. Yeah. You all deserve each other, right? Right. And so uh, we are not to go from place to place, but we're to meet the people. And the best way, I think, to do that is to not allow yourself to be disillusioned. And the best way to not be disillusioned is to not have any illusions at all. To know um, that we are a people of unclean lips. I don't think it's uh, any mistake that Isaiah's passage here starts with uh, the king dying. When a king dies, there's no law. And so Isaiah found himself in a lawless place where the law doesn't seem to apply. Sound familiar to anybody? (laughs) Right? We live in a lawless world. And it's once he realizes that, he realizes the king is dead, there is no law, that he's able, in his desperation for law and order, to see the Lord. Because he's the only one that can provide it. And then, once he realizes there's no law and order, there's no good to be had but from the Lord, then the Lord opens this vision so that Isaiah can see into the kingdom of God, into heaven, which is a wonderful thing because we see that true worship is going on all the time. So we don't have to worry about it being just right in our churches because it's already just right in heaven, it's perfect. True and perfect worship is happening all the time. And all that we have to do at St. Martin's and in Jesus the Good Shepherd is to participate, to join ourselves in the true worship that's already taking place. And we do that by doing two things. And Isaiah does both of them. He says, I'm a man of unclean lips. So that's where ministry has to start. We have to start by saying, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to do this job. This job is too big for me. It is. It's too big for you. You can't do it. So just to admit to your people and to yourself, it's too big. And then to say, and my people are not clean either. And so to be able to remind your people on a regular basis, you're not good enough either. You're not clean. Once we admit that, we're not good enough, and they're not good enough, then we've made room for the Holy Spirit to come in and to clean us. And to make us ready for The grace that the Lord will give. And that's the wonderful thing that St. Paul tells us. He says the grace is given by God. So you're not giving the people grace. It doesn't come from you. The Lord gives it. And he gives them the grace to do work. So Paul is going to be your priest. He's going to teach. And he's going to administer the sacrament. And he gives you that food... He helps to receive that grace because you all have work to do. Sometimes we get confused and think, okay, here's the priest, he's going to come and do the work for us. He's the waiter at the table. He's the one who's coming to feed you with God's grace so that you've got the strength that you need to go and do the work that he's given you to do. So never let the people think that they're being given grace to just kind of relax and to enjoy and to be fed and to rest. They're being given the grace of God to do the work that he's given them to do. And you're equipping them to do that work as mature Christians. And sometimes the people will want to hide behind the priest and say, see what he's doing. Right. And sometimes the priest will want to hide behind the people, but we all need to together say, we're not good enough. But God is, and he's given us the grace that we need to do the work that he's given us to do. He's given us the place, and he's given us each other to do it. We've been here 11 years, and we are so glad that you all are here to minister with us in this place, because there are people who are desperate to know the Lord. There is no law except by God. There is no power and grace but through Him. And we will be able to feed one another and to encourage one another if we start in that place. And we do it in love. So love one another. Serve one another. Turn to God in all things. Because He is faithful. He is faithful.